Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study, 7 p.m. On Saturdays at 8 a.m., or at least on this Saturday at 8 a.m., we'll be talking more about God wants you to succeed. We really want to drive that point home. That's at 8 o'clock a.m. on Saturday morning. God wants you to succeed. And so um, we'll be talking more about that as it applies to all of us. If you've ever found yourself in a situation, you know, financially tapped, you know, bad decisions, because we make bad decisions sometimes, you know, bad financial decisions, not saving correctly, just not being good stewards. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and how to turn it around, you know, and um, it's God's will. It's his will. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful. We're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. There is no other way. You're not going to find a better way than obeying the word of God. And then when I say obeying the word of God, I'm not talking about my personal opinion. And I'm not talking about your personal opinion. And I'm not talking about anyone else's personal opinion, no matter what title they hold. I'm talking about God's opinion, obedience to his word. What does he have to say about your behavior when you're dealing with situations, whether it's a good situation, bad situation? What does God say about your behavior? Again, I want to thank you for joining the online services of Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home, growth ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. Now, we're in the book of Genesis. We're in the book of Genesis. We've been in the book of Genesis. We're going to be in the book of Genesis. And we're touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, moving from general to the particulars, the, the universe, uh, earth, man, and spirit. We are touching the creation and the principal person who is the cosmological cause of all things and the teleological, the designing mind behind everything. He is the designing mind behind everything. The 15th chapter of Genesis, direct your attention there. And while you're turning there or you're bringing it up on your device, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you for your love and mercy. Throughout this day, Lord God, how you blessed us, how you watched over and kept us. Lord God, thank you for the activity of our limbs, reasonable portion of health. They called upon you to seek you, Lord God, while you can be found. Help us to seek you while it is day. You said when night come, no man can work, Lord Jesus, but we are in the day. You've given us life, health, and strength, Lord Jesus, and so we thank you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. 
touch those that are listening, those that will be listening later. Lord God, I ask that your words are stirred in their heart. Lord God, that they don't sin against you. Lord, if there be anything that we've done to offend you in our thoughts, in our actions, in our words, Lord God, we pray and ask your forgiveness. If there's anything that we did or have not done, the sin of omission, we pray and ask for your blessing so we walk in awareness, Lord God, and that we practice applying your word so that we are not offensive, that we do the things that you have called us to do, to be the people that you have called us to be in these last and evil days. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis. Genesis, the 15th chapter, verse number six. It says, and he believed the Lord. And that's what we're talking about tonight. He believed God. He believed the Lord and he, God, counted it to him for righteousness. He believed God and that pleased the Lord. That pleased the Lord. That's, that's a whole lot that's, that's, you know, just that there. That pleased the Lord. Are you pleasing the Lord today? God was pleased with his decision and his that he, he uh, that he believed him. He could have rejected what was being said, but he didn't. How about you this evening? We we have a lot of excuses. We are people that have a lot of you know. There's a song that if I had ten thousand tongues, I would praise you. If you had 10,000 tongues, that would be just a lot more excuses that you that some would have made. You have one tongue. One. Let's focus using the one that we have and use that one to tell God that I believe your word. And if you struggle with believing what you what has been said, then you need to confess that too with that one tongue that you have. Lord, I'm struggling. Help my unbelief. That is what the man said to the Lord. The Lord said, uh, believe. Now, all things are possible. And the man said, Lord, I believe. But he also said, help my unbelief. The little areas that, I, that I'm struggling with, some things that's going on with me. There are two concerns that I had while reading this verse. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. There are two concerns. There are those that believe and they respond to the word of God. They believe and they respond to what God is saying. Then there are those that believe and that's as far as it goes. They believe and it goes no further. I believe God said that. I believe God exists. I believe God. But that is as far as it is going to go. Now, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy, and some that, that may hear this message, this is about as far as it's going to go. 
they're still struggling in the valley of decision. Some are struggling, you know, with things that's in their way. You know, Jesus talked about how people struggle with things and it choked the word out of them. Or uh, while they um, was dealing with some type of threat or persecution that, you know, it took the word away from them. The enemy came and stole and then the word falls on good ground and it brings forth fruit. Deuteronomy 4, 4 chapter, 40 verses, thou shalt keep therefore his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee this day, that it may go well with thee. Everyone likes to go well with thee part and with thy children after thee and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth. You know, a lot of people looking for the fountain of youth. They want to stay up on the earth as long as they can, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. But we also know that that's not something that you can, um, you have some say so in being here. The meek are certainly going to inherit the earth. The meek. The Bible said the meek shall inherit the earth. Are you part of the meek? Are you part of that group? You know, there are those that, that claim to be, but I'm going to go to it ahead of myself in that. You know, this is a Bible class. I'll take my time. The meek shall inherit the earth. So there is a promise to those that, that live in his commandments, those that believe God. You know, I, I want to share this. I, I meant to, to share this earlier, but on Sunday during our broadcast, during our morning service, uh, there was a, a, a spiritual battle that was occurring. And at that moment, and while I was in service and uh, something began to transpire and I felt myself at that moment wanting to take a dive. Now, that's the way I, I put it, you know. And I was not afraid that if I died, that was not a fear of mine because I believe the word of God. And the Bible said, if we live in his statutes and we keep his commandments that he has given us this day, things will go well with us. So I wasn't concerned about that. I was really struggling with the uh, the the physical man that was under attack in that moment as uh, things were transpiring in the service and the saints were praying. But the word of God prevails. The word of God prevails. The fear of leaving here should not it should not be the the fear of the saints. Because we know that we are keeping his statutes and his commandments and things will go well. Well, let's look at Deuteronomy 4, 5, and 6. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord God commanded me. This is Moses. Is, I, I'm teaching you. I'm telling you what God has given me, and, and so am I. Uh, I am telling you what God has given me, and I stick to giving you his word. 
And if God should move upon me or move and inspire me to give you a word, a prophetic word for that's, that's for you, then that will be done. But all word, any word and everything lines up with the word of God. I don't believe that that you receive a prophetic word, a rhema word that uh, that that supersedes uh, the scriptures. No, everything is validated by the scripture. Uh, we, we try everything by the word of God, not by the spirit of an individual or the spirit that whether it's embodied or disembodied spirit. It still must line up with the word of God. And so Moses is saying that uh, even as the Lord God has commanded me that ye should do so in the land, whether you go to possess it. So as God has blessed you, oh, my God, thank you, Jesus. As God has blessed you, he said for you to keep, therefore, and do them. So even in your blessing, Lord, bless me with a job. And then the Lord gives you your JLB. And then you stop keeping the commandments of the Lord. Now, there's a lot of people out there right now that that have been praying and asking God for things and substance you you need substance to live off of and that's understandable god knows that but then when you get those things you god gets pushed to the side and we're, we're going to be dealing with that later because um there was it was really an eye opener for me on um, uh this past week well this week is new wednesday so sunday uh pertaining to how many are at ease in zion how many are at ease in Zion? And so you don't really know what to do at this point. There are so many right now that are listening and those that will be listening later that don't know what to do because they are at ease. I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that ye should do so in the land, whether you go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of all nations. What God gives you, he gives you wisdom and he gives you understanding. Now, there, I'm not talking about things that you learn common sense. I'm not talking about that. Uh, everyone has some common sense or you should or you should practice some common sense. Uh, nothing spiritual about that. Some things are earthly and devilish. That, that's what the scripture says. But there is a wisdom. And there is an understanding that is that that is different than what others possess because you are in tune with God. You're living by his words. You're living by his commandments. And so he said uh, that this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statues and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. That should be a testimony that not you, but those around you are able to say, uh, you're wise, that sister is wise. I've been watching her. That brother is wise. I've been paying attention to him and he make good decisions. And you know, if I'm gonna ask anyone for some advice or, or get some counseling from someone, I think I feel comfortable going to them because they are wise and they appear to have a good understanding. They seem to be someone that is something different about them. 
When's the last time you heard that phrase being made? You know, that used to be a common thing among the people of God that, uh, you know, they would say something is different about them. People would see things, see stuff different about you and be drawn to you. I was going into the supermarket, Ralph's supermarket um, over, um, I think it's Northville, uh, off of Laminot Road, the 15 freeway here in Southern Cal. And um, and as I, I walked in, I, I saw someone and, and you know, and I, I just noticed, I didn't speak to them, they hadn't didn't speak to me, but on my way out of the store, they said, excuse me, uh, can I talk to you for a moment? Uh, you're a man of God. Now, I was dressed in gym clothes, but they, what they saw, God, what God allowed them to see, and we, we must have talked for a good 20 minutes outside the store. And so people should see in something about you because you are different and because you are abiding. Uh, in the word of God. It's not just what's in you, but what's in you illuminates. It comes out of you. It, it you know, it starts on the inside, out. The Bible says it's not what goes in a man that defiles him, it's what comes out of him. So it, the same thing with, with the grace and the goodness of God is what, what has been instilled in you. What has been put in you? Uh, the, the Bible tells us that, that the word of God, he said, you know, I'm giving you as the Lord has commanded me. And so what's in you is certainly going to show, is going to show in your demeanor, is going to show in, in how you conduct yourself on the job, in the school, um, your children, same thing, your children, how they conduct themselves. You know, I had a, a coach, um, the football coach, I was talking with him one time and, and we were talking about my, my, one of my sons and we were laughing because my son, you know, he, he's this was some years ago. He was sorry. He played football, but he was sorry. And so, <laughs> and, you know, he wasn't, um, surely I've never encouraged them to play sports to try to get a scholarship, nothing like that. Or, you know, you're going to be on the NBA. You're going to, you know, I used to tell my, um, tell my dad, don't do that. Don't, don't ask them, are they going to be basketball star? No, they need an education. That's what they need. And so even though he was on the football team, he was not a good player. We used to, we laughed about that. Me and the coach, we didn't laugh in his face. We laughed behind his back, you know, in this years now. He knows what I've said. And he, he recognized that, you know, he was just on the team because he wanted to be there. And that was fine. But the coach said, I've never heard him use derogatory language. I've never heard him. I've heard other kids his demeanor and, and, and stuff about him shows that the way he was raised. My daughter, same thing. One of her boss said, your dad, your parent done, has done a great job and I commend them for your demeanor. And so it shows, so because you are serving the Lord don't mean your kids are gonna run around and act a fool. No, it doesn't mean that. If they do, God knows how to get their attention. God knows how to turn it around as long as you stay in place too. Now, we'll, yes, God has a way of doing that. Yes, I, I have two sons and I, I have two daughters and two grandsons. And um, and we, we, 
we still we work out at the gym together and all of this and you know and I can still make my son sweat when we lifting weights and stuff. However, um, your kids could act up. They could act up. They can get into trouble and do things. Yes. And sometimes you look at what they did, it may be a piece of you and them that you see in that's acting up. That only gives you a way of, of really knowing how to communicate with them a little better. You know, our children um, are have our DNA. You see your sons and your daughters and you see a piece of you and you see what they do. And sometimes you look back at your history and you like, mm, I did that. You know, and so you if you recognize that that's what you did and how you acted, then it gives you a little more insight how to deal with them. Let's go on. Deuteronomy 17. 17 chapter verse 19, it says, and it shall be with him and he shall read therein all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord, his God, to keep all the words of his law and his statutes to do them that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right end or to the left or to the end, that he pro may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Now, I I've read these scriptures because it's important that we have a good understanding of what God's expectations are. His expectation is that we hear the word. His expectation is that we be participants of the word. And when I say participants, I am not talking about you uh, knowing how to quote scriptures and, and tell someone else what to do. I'm talking about that you keep your mouth zipped and that you apply the word to your own life. And then when opportunity presents itself, then you are able to talk about the goodness of God. But besides that, you're about doing the word. James 1, 21, uh, beginning at the 21st verse, it says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Now, everyone, when you turn the lights on, uh, the roaches run. And I'm not saying you have roaches, but you, you know what I mean. You know, now I, I've, I've been in a house where there was roaches and the roaches ran when the light came on. And so, and I, I'm sure there's so many others too. When you walk in the room, a fly sitting there on the counter, see you and flies away. Everything is trying to save itself. Save your soul by taking heed to the word of God. The Bible tells us to lay apart all filthiness, whatever filthiness it is, I'll let you examine filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness and receive the meekness, the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Be ye doers of the word. There we go. Doing the word. Well, what does the word say do? Well, you have to get in the word and you have to listen to the, to the preaching, teaching and exhortation, even as we're doing this evening of the word. The Bible tells us not to be hearers only because a lot of people are hearing the word hearing the word and that's it they're, they're just hearing it and they can quote it i mean you have singers you have people that was raised in church and they singing and doing all what they want to do and i ain't mad at them for getting paid however they're doing a lot more 
and they they know the word and but they can't do the word can you do the word there's a difference in just hearing it and doing it can you do it you know let's put it this way if you've ever been uh, an addict of any type then you know that there are times as an addict you know you you might have been like me i was a functioning dependent you know 30 something years ago and a functioning dependent meaning that i could get high i could be and, and i did and but i still went to work i've worked 12 hour days we didn't miss a beat and what i needed to do or anything like that that was a functioning dependent you have people that drink and they can still do things they're functioning dependents that they know their limitation that you're not going to jump behind the wheel of stuff you know because eventually you equilibrium everything gonna give out and you're gonna wreck but you able to function on the job you able to function and do everything that you need to do function independent hmm we need to be similar with the word of god we need to function in the word we need to function with the words Bible said, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his face in a, a natural face in a glass. You, you see yourself and you see the condition that you're in, but then you go your way and you forget what manner you was. You, you, after a while, you say, I can quit. You know, I can stop. And we've, we've been there. Those of us that had that was in that, you know, before God delivered us or some that need deliverance, we say we can we can stop. And here it is, you know, we we really can't stop. We really can't control ourselves. It takes the word. It takes the word of God. And the Bible said that we are healed. Matter of fact, uh, let me help you out here. If you have a situation right now and you find yourself uh, catering to it, your prayer is, Lord, and my prayer along with you is, Lord, remove that taste. Remove the taste for it, because apparently there is a taste, there's a craving that you keep catering to. And so, Lord, remove the catering, remove the, the craving that is occurring. Uh, those of you that are smokers, Lord, remove the, the craving for that cigarette, for for that cigar, uh, for, you know, for token, whatever you are uh, hitting, that the, that the flavor of it will soon become bitter. The desire for it will soon leave. And, and you know, and as you, re you have to replace it with something, replace it with the word of God. Replace it with doing something different. If you stress, if you stress out and you start doing stuff, then you, you need to um, replace that with, uh, you know, something, phys something else physical. You know, you need to replace it with something else. So you never get rid of something without replacing it um, so that you don't leave room. The Bible says that that when a house has been swept and cleansed, uh, that if it's if the spirit of the Lord doesn't inhabit it, and I'm paraphrasing it, uh, but if the spirit of the Lord doesn't ha inhabit that house that's been swept clean and garnished, then the spirit that was once in that house will come back with with seven other spirits that was not there before and take habitation there and it, the condition of that person would be worse than what they were. The 25th verse of that same first chapter of James says, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, 
he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. If any man among you seem to be religion and bridle not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And the way we do that is through the word of God. Now, the, now James touched something here. He talks about uh, doing works. He talks about something that you're not going to do virtual. Mm -hmm. It's not a virtual action that he's talking about. And we'll come back to that later. Uh, I'm telling you, my, my heart is on fire regarding some things that 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 the church um, are is allowing in their fickleness, yes, in their fickleness to do things. Can you believe God? Can you believe God? Like Abram who saw nothing and believed. All he had was God's word. Is that good enough for you too? Is God's word good enough for you? For you to believe what God is saying, is that is, is his word good enough? Abram didn't have anything. The Lord told him, look up at the stars and look at the sand. Uh, he, he already was seeing that stuff. And God was painting a picture for him. I, I get that. I understand that. Uh, but all he had was his word. And it was good enough for him. Is God's word good enough for you? The Bible said he believed in the Lord. What will the book of remembrance say about you? Will it say that you believe God? Will it say that you believe God and did something? Or will it say you believe God and did nothing? I see and hear uh, that because there are many people that are watching. And that's what they're doing. They're watching. Many that are listening actually refusing to move away from their comfort zone. Uh, so many people are comfortable right now. They're comfortable. Uh, you know, you ever been, you ever set up and, and watch, uh, you know, and after a while, you know, the TV was watching you, it, it just rock you to right to sleep. And so many people right now are asleep. They're asleep. Yes. And it's time to wake up. My prayer is that you wake up. It's time to wake up and to be busy, too comfortable. There are a lot who have claimed themselves to be something and God is not co-signing what they claim themselves to be. John 8, 54 and 55, Jesus said, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom ye say, do ye, do he, or that he is of God. Ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him, I shall be a liar like you, but I know him and keep his sayings. If you know God, your testimony is that you are keeping his word. And I don't mean based upon your feelings. Because see, obeying the word of God takes us out of our comfort zone. Obeying God moves us from from where we are to where he wants us to be. Abram believed. His belief was not the same as many who profess they believe. 
Uh, I'll even go as far as to say their belief is is less than devils. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at James 2. James 2, 17 through 19 said, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead. Now there are a lot of licensed ministers, a lot of people that claim to have gifts. You know, one of the easiest things to claim is that, well, you know, I, I have uh, uh, is the gifts. However, those gifts are not manifested. They're not manifested because of the comfort zone that we're in. I, I'm, I've, I had to pull back on the reins of what I wanted to say. Now, I, I'm going to reserve that, the Lord say the same for later. Even so, faith, if it have not works, is dead. So there's a lot of dead works, dead folks in, in the name of Christianity, in the uh, calling themselves saved, calling themselves believers. Uh, there's some dead zombies. Mm-hmm. Yea, a man may say that you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. A lot of people got faith and don't have any works, and I'm going to show you my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils believe and tremble. Well, there are people that believe, but they don't tremble. There's no fear in them. No, they're, they're, they're not afraid. You, they hear the word, they hear even what I'm saying, and, and those that have heard the word and heard what was said before, even uh, from other ministers, yet they are not trembling. They're not afraid. Fear moves you. It will move you closer to God in, obedi in obedience to what God has to say. Yes, literal God's word is literal. It is not, it's not symbolic. Well, you know, he didn't really mean that. God meant everything he said, and he means everything he says. Faith works. James said, talk is cheap. He said, put your money where your mouth is. Believe is good, but not enough by itself. Devils believe and move and are moved by their belief, moved enough to confess pending judgment. Matthews 8 and 29, and behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? So, look, I don't know what watch they're wearing. I don't know how they're telling time. But demons understand and know that that judgment is coming. And they thought when when they saw Jesus, they have you come to torment us before our time. So they know there's a time element in place. And the Bible said, and it was counted to him for righteousness. God counted it unto him for righteousness. Talking about Abram. Now, you must pay attention to this declaration because it's God testifying about a man that he has been ministering to since he was, as far as we know of, when he left um, the, child, the land of the Chaldeans, the land of Ur, that he was 75 years old. And those days hadn't stopped. The years have continued, you know, somewhere between 75 and 86 years old. Uh, so there, there's been, uh, what, about 11 year span and God has been dealing with him. And, and I put that there to, to mention, to say that from 75 to 86, you know, because at about 86 years old is when Ishmael was born. And so God has been dealing with him. And then there was a, 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 a 
stop right there, Carl. All right, I'm gonna stop right there. I'm not gonna not gonna tell you what I was gonna say there, but God was dealing with him. God was ministering to him, talking with him, and the word of God was there. And so this was a very up close and personal relationship that he had with the Lord. This is why he was able to talk with him. Lord, look, oh my God, you're showing me this, but I'm without seed. I don't have, you know, I don't have, I haven't given, we have not had a child yet. So this up close and personal relationship, this visitation, this conversation, and it was nothing virtual about their relationship. Hear what I'm saying. There was nothing virtual about their relationship. Now, virtual relationship is an element of a chat box, virtual reality, artificial intelligence, uh, which acts somewhat real, but does not replace the real thing. It doesn't replace the real thing. I deal with a, a small part of automation um, in my in the fact that I, I do some automation for work, but it doesn't replace the real thing. It doesn't replace the real uh, deal when it comes down to setting down and crunching numbers and doing analysis or anything of that nature. It's not the same. Artificial intelligence, virtual, virtual relationship is not the same thing. It's like having a blow up doll. God may not use these words like virtual reality or artificial, but he has already declared a, a level of deception by those that practice partial belief. If you're not practice, is 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 all in or all out. There is no in between. There's no gray area at all. There's no gray area for us. There is no purgatory either. Either it's heaven or hell at the end. And in order to get to uh, to uh, to receive a crown of life, to have a new name, to be given a, a robe of righteousness in order to uh, to to prosper even here in this life at the level that God wants to prosper us, you're going to have to embrace his word and live by his word. You can be blessed. And I mean, you can hit seven figures if, if, you know, but it doesn't take you to the level that God will take you to with those seven figures by being obedient to his word. Exodus 32 Beginning at the first verse, and the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount. The people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, uh, make us gods. Make us gods. We, we, we don't see God. And, and so make us gods, which shall go before us. As, for as this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we won't not what became him because Moses was was gone for a moment. He was in the presence of the Lord, receiving what God had for him as the minister should be in the presence of the Lord. Lord, what do you have? What do you want me to give your people? What do you want me to do? And you stay there quietly waiting for an answer. And Aaron said unto them, break off the gold earrings, which are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them unto me. 
And all the people break off the gold earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at the hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, these be thy gods. O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it and Aaron made proclamation a proclamation and said, tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. And they rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings and bought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now God is speaking and he is writing. He is sending a message to everyone. Well, I'm just going to go as far as to say he has sent a message to everyone. Make no mistake about it. Those that are hearing the word is either going to believe what God is saying or they're going to make up a God of their own. And they're going to make up what that God that they have made up is saying. And they're going to practice what the God that they have made up and has said uh, they're going to practice it in a daily, daily ritual. But like Joshua said, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me, myself, and I, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to believe him. I'm going to believe him. And I've had to believe him when I didn't see things. And I've had to believe him when I had dreams. I've had to believe him when when I've heard it. I had to believe him when I felt the unction. And I have to believe him when I read his word. His word is highly exalted above his name. His word is never going to fail any of us. We ought to embrace his word and let him know that, Lord, I believe. I believe your word. I believe your testimony. I believe it is true. And apply his word. That shows how much we believe. We believe his word. We believe your word in such a way that we apply it to our lives every day. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your word to see me. Lord God, for this short exhortation about believing your word. Lord, you said, how should they, how should they believe, how should they hear without the preacher? Lord God, so I pray for each preacher, each one that has you have called to minister your word to your people, to be blessed by being the example of belief and application. Lord God, as they tell others to apply it, that they themselves apply your word. Lord God, and that you show the truth and the power of your word in the life of your people. As you did in the days of old, Lord God, we look for you to do it even today. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name, amen. I wanna encourage you, again, if you're looking for a church home growth ministry, I wanna invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. If you wanna contact us, uh, send in a prayer request or have questions regarding scripture or something you heard, uh, please join us at Connecting Truth connectingtruth.org that is our website and certainly we will uh, be praying and 
and at the same time answer those questions on the air. God bless you. Continue to pray for me as I am praying for you.